Hi, this is Fat Mike from NoFX. Hi, I'm actress Ann Mahoney. Hey, friends, this is Hugh Billy Jim. Hi, this is Kyle Dunbar from Ink Master, season three and four. Hey, this is Shoutout Joe Frog. Hey, everyone, this is Jessica Kiernan. Hey, it's Ryan. I'm Molly, and we're from Mother Mother. Hey, it's Shelby Chong, and I'm a Canadian from Vancouver. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, and a place to be right here listening to the Toddcat Podcast. Have you ever messed up on the job and had to bite the bullet and kind of just fess up to what happened? The reason I ask is because that happened with me and this week's sporting guest, Bellator MMA fighter Denise Kielholtz. We had a 35-40 minute Zoom. Great chat. I mean, she told some incredible stories. And when she hangs up from the call, the audio and the video didn't dump down from Zoom like it normally would. So I had to email her back and I'm like, thank you so much. Great chat. Any chance you want to do it again? She goes, for sure. Just let me know when. And I'm like, right now. So she jumped on. We did another interview and I tried my best to give her a, a bit of a different take, completely different interview, really, which is tough on my end, but it's even tougher on hers to still sound and be interested and engaged. That said, it's a really good conversation with fighter Denise Kilholtz this week. Now, joining Denise is longtime podcast buddy and longtime Canadian radio personality. Lachlan Cross is a guest. He's the current morning guy for 95.7 Cruise FM in Edmonton, Alberta. You're going to hear from this week's musical guest in just a second. Now, coming up in about 15 minutes, in listen to this, see their drummer, John Humphrey, talks about the best drummers of all time, from Buddy Rich to Dave Grohl, John Bonham, Chad Smith, and a bunch more. And coming from one of today's best rock drummers, it's pretty cool to hear him giving props to those who inspired him. That is powered by our friends at Tedco RV Supplies out in Langley. RV service and repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. Com. First, our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, Blacklist Royals drummer Rob Rufus. That is brought to you by Pineapple Sound. It's a recording and mixing studio out in Langley since 2013. They welcome podcasts, voiceover actors, pretty much anything you can do in a recording studio. Talk to them. They're online at pineapplesound.com. Like most bands, 2020 was just a drag. It's a trying year for Blacklist Royals. They're supposed to celebrate their 10th anniversary touring the globe. Instead, they settled for recording the three-day Doomsday Girl EP. The band was formed by twins Nat and Rob Rufus. Catchy, up-tempo punk rock. Interestingly, the songs you hear on that new EP came about when the band was working on the film adaptation to Rob's memoir, Die Young With Me, which in part explores Rob's battle fighting off stage four cancer. You'll eventually hear the three songs on the EP, along with some other songs as well, in the movie that they're currently working on. Had a great talk with Rob. He's a great guy. Open, honest, engaged, interested. His full talk is right now posted at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. Search it out with a simple Toddcast podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Blacklist Royals drummer, Rob Rufus. The Toddcast podcast. What's the music in your house, man? As a, like as a kid growing up, what are your parents playing? Oh, uh, growing up, uh, they listen to a lot of oldies. Um, my, uh, my mom was really into like Bruce Springsteen and stuff like that. Um, 
like a lot of like Rod Stewart and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, that I love still. I mean, uh, that's right there. Those two guys. Yeah. That's comfort music, man. Like right yeah, there. That's totally. just like put it on. It's feel good tunes, you know? Yeah. And, and um, that, and, and I think like uh, really all, all the oldies and stuff help is probably part of the reason we I, I latched onto punk rock so much because it was familiar in that way you know like um simple catchy right straightforward so who do you credit kind of taking you guys down that path i mean fucking punk uh, rock kind of far stretch from bruce springsteen and rod stewart yeah probably um uh our cousin anthony like um he we grew up in west virginia which is like the middle of nowhere and there was no uh punk rock at all and um he lived in richmond virginia which is like a pretty big punk rock city um like strike anywhere and amberetta and there's a lot of cool bands from there um so we had went there for like a family reunion and he was super big into punk rock and Nat and I were just like, holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And, and that was kind of it. Yeah. What was the first concert that you saw? Man, the first real band I ever saw was um, Helmet. Helmet. Uh, okay. Brad, great band. They, yeah. And it, it was really weird because we never got shows in our town and they tried to put on some like, outdoor venue thing and are in the park and booked helmets to play and, and they were so loud and aggressive and, I, and yeah yeah I, I just remember going home and like raising my fucking symbols like this size it would go you know uh nice how was, old were you for that i was probably like 13 or 14 wow. oh so that's a huge huge eye opener yeah it was so awesome yeah I, i'd never seen like a real band before you know yeah that's deadly yeah i read something was it that you guys have played in like a fucking prison did, did i read that right <laughs> we have yeah we yeah we played in a women's prison in in germany uh how did, how did that get hooked up like what what it, it was it was just crazy thing like we were going over on tour and and our our booking agent, I, I think it was, was like, if you guys want to do a day, like whatever town it was in, I don't even remember the fucking town, but like whatever the town was, they were like, if you guys want to do a day show at the prison, you'll get paid like five times as much as you're getting paid at the actual show. And, and, and I was like, the women, like not only will we do it, like we want to fucking like record it and put we and release it to record it and release it Fuck and, yeah. um, and it was going to be called caged heat and wow. i was like so fucking excited that um we had in our minds like johnny cash at Folsom prison totally and it was like not <laughs> it was like <laughs> this weird like very intimidating kind of thing and um and, and it sucked for my brother too because we were we had worked out on the stage banner and we were covering like 
Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak and like Jailhouse Rock and shit like that because we wanted to put it on the record. Yeah. And and like so when it actually went down, they brought the prisoners out and it was like really weird and intimidating and they're kind of like cat calling us in German and shit. And uh and I and I just kind of kept my eyes down the whole time, but he had to like I was like, you still got to do the stage banter. So he's saying, like, this song goes out to all you jailbirds and shit no. like that. <laughs> and, uh, and it was actually, it, but then it was actually really awesome because we finished the show and we were like outside. And so they had some girls in the yard, but then it was like an old prison. Like it looked like the prison from Shawshank Redemption or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's girls like hanging out of their cells and they start, throwing down like they had uh, printed off like flyers about the show and like throwing them down to for us to sign them and it was really like I just go I never in my life imagined I would my picture would be up in a in a women's prison in Germany this is such (laughs) a huge milestone in my life like and it was all of a sudden like this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Dude, fucking. Dun, 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 dun. Did you yeah. guys actually oh, fucking do jailbreak? It, yeah, yeah, we did. And we actually went from, it was like a medley of prison <laughs> songs. It was like so poorly thought out. Like, tonight and, uh, there's going to be a jailbreak. Yeah, we did jailbreak into jailhouse rock. That's and, awesome. Uh, uh, and the, then the fucked up thing is, the, the tape messed up and we didn't even get to use the oh. recording. And it was such a bummer because it was such a great, weird experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was but like, it, when I read that, I'm like, fuck, I got to ask him about that, man. That had to be, yeah, like, that's got to be up yeah. there for. Nobody, yeah. nobody ever asks about that. And it was such mm. a funny, and, and there was actually one, uh, there was one prisoner who was like saying something in that and, and she had like a really bad outbreak of something all over her face. And uh, the the guard was like, she's saying she wants to kiss you. And that's like, oh, I don't think that's allowed. And the, he goes, no, it's fine. And let her out. And she comes over and like plants this huge kiss on him. And the next day he woke up and he had shit all over his <laughs> breaking out of oh, his face. No. Oh my god! It's something to remember me by. Yeah, yeah, I know for wow. the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Let's get outside of music uh, for a second. What you're known for? Um, what What are you binging, man? Right now, pandemic. You got tons of time. What, what are the I... shows? What are the shows you're binging? Oh, what shows am I binging, man? Oh my god! I just watched this show called the murders at white house farm on hbo and it okay. and it's a true story oh, it's like man. a six-part series and it's just it was so fucked and uh i uh, dude i get into those as well i can't remember the what was the name of the one the something ramirez the san francisco ramirez. fucking yeah. dude if you oh, haven't seen that on netflix man it is i haven't watched it yet i, I know what you're talking about like it, it's just you know most 
serial killers like that they'll have like a rhyme and a reason that's like you know it's yeah. a white it's white girls between 18 and 30 or whatever and you know it, it's in a taxi all the time it's this or whatever like there's always an mo but this ramirez guy was like fucking kids and women and men yeah. and blacks and whites latinos didn't give a fuck like just the well, creepiest now, I, I, shit i actually know somebody who's aunt was almost picked up by him and uh he like invited her and her friend to a party and she wanted the friend wanted to go because she thought he was cute you know and she's like sensed something off about him and was like fuck that and then and then like two weeks later they they uh they arrested him yeah and they arrested him based on a fucking shoe print bro unreal it's it's unreal like uh uh, and and, and, I'll, and now I'm watching um, this show called Snowfall that's like really cool. It's, it's about um, which is also a true story and totally fucked up. Like the crack epidemic in the 1980s and on the West Coast of, in California, and how that was uh, funded by the CIA. And uh, really, because, which is wow. true, the CIA, Reagan was doing all that shit in the Middle East the, or, or in the South America with the Sandinistas and stuff and like funded that by having the CIA sell these drugs, which ended up becoming crack cocaine. And like, it's such a fucked up story, but it's really it's really interesting. Mm. You get into the uh, superhero stuff like the WandaVision and man, I, 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 uh, I like that show. Um, Doom Patrol. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I, I do love, like, I loved fucking superheroes, man. Uh, when I was a kid and like, um, I never, I never got into like, I haven't, I haven't um, let myself, get into all those Marvel universe movies and shit, you know, like, dude, now that's I, a slippery slope, man. Once you... being, like I haven't even like, I haven't even uh, ventured down that yet. Musical guests of the Todd cast podcast are powered by pineapple sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
vision clears Layers and layers deep And every threshold leaves me breathless Always restless in my sleep And I see the young mother trying so hard I see the man on his lawn like a guard I see the dog in your eyes that would eat me alive And I remind you that love's on your side Canadian flag in the colors of blood The other half white like a bad joke, uh -huh. The other half white like a bad joke, uh -huh. to this on the Toddcast podcast. Seether has been around since 1999. They've built a pretty strong and loyal following ever since. You've seen them top the billboard multiple times, a string of number one songs, Remedy, Fake It, Country Song, Words as Weapons. They recently were honored with an exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was lucky enough to meet the band at the start of their career, the first time they toured across Canada. They'd made their way, I think it was 2002, they'd made their way through Fox back when I was doing their evening show and a music news program called The Rock Report. They're a really good group of guys deserving of all the things that have come their way and we've kept in touch over the years as well. And when their drummer, John Humphrey, 
was a guest. We talked about Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee's influence, how rock music is making its way back to the forefront, seeing the Go-Go's for his first concert. We talked about making music videos, the shows that he was binge-watching, career highlights came up, and John talked about the best drummer of all time, Buddy Rich. Listen to this. The best drummer that ever lived, in my opinion, is Buddy Rich. Yeah. Tough to fight. I, I called, you know, there's drummers and then there's guys from other planets. And, and the guy was incredible. He just was incredible. And Buddy Rich is just one of the greatest, to me, one of the greatest drummers ever. Yeah. I mean, I asked that question a, a fair amount, well, of course, with drummers. Bonham, of course, always comes up. Dave Grohl yeah, comes Bonham, up. Yeah, Bonham. Yeah, then you got the guys, right, that, you know, formulated rock. And, uh, yeah, yeah you definitely, I think Alex Van Halen is very underrated. We spoke about him. Yeah. Uh, I love Steve Smith. From Journey, yep, you know, um, even Chad Smith. Uh, oh yeah, love Chad Smith, man. Great drummer, Matt Cameron from Soundgarden. Oh, the crusher. Uh, yeah, now I guess I should say Pearl Jam. Pearl and, Jam as well. Holy yeah. damn, double duties in two of the biggest rock bands ever. Like really? Yeah, that's a sweet gig. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
just an ass kicker of a song. The band is Crankshaft, a podcast favorite, a new song for them called Innocence. They did the official release of the song and video on our podcast just a couple of weeks back now. You can check it out through YouTube. We talked to the band. They talked about recording that with one of the Churko brothers in Vegas. There's been some ch-ch-changes within the band. There's a new guitarist. There's a new drummer. Well, not really necessarily new drummer. He's not super new. Uh, But with COVID and the lack of shows and almost everything kind of seems new when you hear about it. I played just Small Town Artillery, and that was their song called Only the Lonely, and one of my favorite Vancouver bands. I mean, it might be the horns, maybe it's Tom, the singer's voice. Just an awesome band live as well. They've played a show for the podcast, probably, I guess, maybe like a few years back now. Hopefully, once shit gets back to quote-unquote normal, we can get them out and maybe do another show for us. All right, Todd's Trolls is coming up in just a little bit. The stupid, mean, nasty, the hurtful things, the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online. This week, Greta Van Fleet, Mortal Kombat the movie, and Snooker World Championships have targets on their backs. That, as always, powered by our buddies at The Garage, Games and Geekery in Maple Ridge. It's your place to play Warhammer, D&D, Slay Trolls, and a lot more. Check them out through garagegames.ca. First, let's do this. The second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, Bellator MMA fighter Denise Kielholtz. That is brought to you by Joyce Heating Services, family-owned and operated, heating the lower mainland since 1960. How about that? And keeping you cool with air conditioning in the summer. You're going to know Denise Kielholtz from fighting in Bellator MMA. She signed with them back in 2016. This after losing her first pro MMA fight by submission in October 2015. In the full conversation, she talks about almost not even continuing with MMA after that loss. Because prior to that, she concentrated on kickboxing since 2004. And with the exception of her first kickboxing match, she has dominated all. All of her opponents. Denise is based out of Amsterdam, the current Bellator kickboxing flyweight champ. She's the number six Bellator women's pound for pound ranking, number three in their flyweight rankings, a genuine badass who it turns out is super nice. Remember, this interview is the second interview we did back to back, half hour plus long interviews, one after the other. A great attitude. Always lots of laughs. I think you're going to like this one, especially if you're a fight fan and have followed Denise's career. The full conversation, definitely worth hearing. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with Bellator MMA fighter Denise Kielholtz. The Toddcast Podcast. There's also something about my mental part, you know, and I'm so calm and I'm so relaxed that I just see everything coming, you know, so that's why I don't scared or I'm not surprised in the cage or in the ring what someone is doing because I already know that. So, yeah, that's also something about the mental part, you know, like going in that situation and you recognize the situation and how you can participate on the situation and you see how, uh, how my four fights, uh, my last four fights are going. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the interesting thing that you'd mentioned uh, previous was, you know, that it wasn't necessarily like, yeah, it, it, it was Kate Jackson that you were fighting the last time, but ultimately you weren't preparing for her specifically. It was more of just like a well-roundedness and you're ready to, f- to fight. Yes. Yeah. That was it. And that's the funny thing because that's, 
exactly that combination what I throw on, on Kay Jackson. That was the, the, the right combination that me and my trainer, Bob Schreiber, we trained for hours. So exactly that combination, that was the right combination that was going in the cage and it works. And that was the same with, with uh, Williams. It was the same with uh, the Turkish girl. Um, you know, every every combination that I threw there, that was the second combination with what, what I train off. So yeah, that's that's the good and the confidence kind of builds because you're gonna see, hey, this really works. You know, our plan works, and we continue with the plan, not exactly with the right, the exactly same combinations. But my trainer Bob Schreiber, he has a plan for me, and everything that he say that works. So we continue with the plan, and I just follow his instructions, and I know that it's gonna be alright, and it's gonna. Bring the best MMA fighter in me. So I believe every word that he said, and I believe also that he's going to make me a champion in MMA. Right. And uh, we're mentioning that you're tied. I think is it three or four other fighters in Bellator where uh, the four uh, four fight uh, streak, and it was saying you know that must feel really nice. Um, when will you find out your next fight? Like how much time so- will you have to prepare for something like that? Um, well, I'm I'm already in preparation. I'm al- I'm always in fight game. So even if I have a call and you can have you can fight next week, I am ready. You know that's oh. something that I'm really strict in. I'm always in training. So that's why if they come in with a last option, also sometimes in kickboxing before I had like two days. We want to fight. Someone is cancelled. Can you? of course I can fight because I always train. So. My fight camp starts like eight weeks, but if I have to fight like next week, I'm also ready because I'm oh. always in training. Right, right. Okay, interesting. And I, I'd mentioned that I don't even know if I want to try to get to where we were before with the uh, where I said, uh, <laughs> you know, what's the most you've been hurt in a fight? And I was expecting you to say like, oh, somebody broke my arm or, you know, I, I thought <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe if you could quickly glance over what you had said, you know, it was a, it was a really, it was an interesting um, perspective. It was something that I was not expecting from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, in fighting, because you, you give everything you have in a fight camp or in training in your whole life, you know, this fight is not for a fight camp, but it's just a, a life tradition. You know, I, I wake up and I train. I develop myself more as a fighter, as an MMA fighter, and there's a lot of work to do. So every day that I live, I live for my dream. And if you're going in a fight and even if you get hurt with a bruise or an eye cut or something, or even broke your bones, but the worst part of fighting, and I think of fighting in every competition is losing, you know, the emotional part, like the physical part is really like, um, you, you get over it, but inside that part is really, really like hurting a lot, you know? And right. that's why I'm saying like, if I if I fight and I lose after that, that mental part is really hard. Mm, interesting. Now it, it it's almost like it eats away at you. It, like, are there fights that you felt you should have won that you lost, or do you go into every single fight going like I'm going to win? Yeah. If if I fight someone, I for thousand percent I have like the 
the the mindset that I'm going to win. But the funniest part is that uh, with my first MMA fight in Bellator, I fight um, after my win for the world title uh, kickboxing. Um, Bellator asked me, uh, "Are you able to fight also an MMA fight? Because now you win from everyone in the kickbox division. We don't have any opponents yet. So do you want to go to MMA?" But the funniest part is that um, three years before, I did an MMA fight. And that MMA fight, I was still doing kickboxing. And I thought, okay, I do judo, so I can do also an MMA fight. And I did the MMA fight and I lost. But, but really with a strange arm bar in the stand-up position, it was like crazy. And um, after that, I told myself, because I was, I, it was not that I take it easy on it, but I thought, oh, I was winning everything with kickboxing. I had black belt judo. So I thought at that time, I can, I can do also an MMA fight, you know. Mm-hmm. But then it gets like worse because then I go in there, I'm standing against a Brazilian girl and she was really like on the ground, really good. And so I think I underestimate the sport because I'm standing there and I think I'm just going to fight my kickboxing thing, you know. And then I got in an in a arm bar, really, really like tight and I have to tap. And after that, that was like... I think 2015, that was like five years from now. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that fight, after the MMA fight, I say to myself, I'm never, ever going to do MMA again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm really? not good at it. I, this is not my thing. I thought I can do it, but I couldn't. And I lost. And I that loss, that was also the emotional pain that I had because, you know, in my face or something, I don't care. But inside you know you get so so hurt that it's like that's the worst pain you can ever have and even that that pain caused me that I was like bandit MMA in my life forever you know (laughs) so then I started kickboxing again and then I start with with uh, Bellator kickboxing and I win and I win again a world title and then again and then after so from I think two or three years from that fight that I lost, Bellator asked me, would you want to fight an MMA fight? Mm. And that first thought that I was thinking about, because I was like totally banded MMA in my life, I was thinking, okay, how can I, okay, what, can I really do this again, MMA? You know, I, I don't know if I'm really good at it. So I trained, but in the back of my mind, I still had that fight that first fight. So I was like confident, but not really like the confidence that I always have. Right. And in that fight, it was in Israel against Jessica Middleton and uh, the, the fight for Bellator MMA. And the crowd was like, boom. And Jessica Middleton was also a really good fighter. You know, she was really good in the stand-up and she had also like the, the purple belt in BAA. So I thought, okay, that was really like my mind was there so focused about other side, can I do this? And the other side, you have to do this. So that was a confusing part, the mental issue. But you know, that was what, what my husband, Hesse, he, he saw in my face before we walked into the cage. He saw my face from, hey, you're not 
like Denise that I used to mm. know, you know, he's, mm. he, because then the, the, the little, the little thoughts in my mind came, Hey, think about the first MMA fight that you fought, you lost, you cannot do this. You cannot right. do this, you know? And then you get smaller, smaller. And I was already standing on the catwalk. And then uh, my husband told me, wake up, you know, this is your dream. This You want this, you're standing here, look at the crowd, look at the cage. This is your dream. Don't think about the past. Think about what you are doing now. So he's just giving me that, that wake up call and I'm walking on the catwalk and I'm thinking, yeah, what the hell am I thinking about? Ooh, you know, Snap out of it. No, this is, I'm not going to lose. And then after that fight, you know, I think I was never, ever so happy in my life before than that fight. Because just like 10 minutes before the fight, I was thinking, hey, can I really do this? And then after that, because I won in 30 seconds, I won with an arm bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that was something, you know, that I was so happy that you like you you win from your mind. You know, it's not the win from Jessica Milton or the win in the fight, but that was really like a victory for my mind because ten minutes ago I was thinking about losing, and now I'm standing here dancing and celebrate my win. You know, so how crazy a mind can change like the whole situation, the whole direction, but. Right. After that fight, I knew, okay, this is what I want to be the champion in. And I still have that 1,000% focus. Sporting guest visits of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Joyce Heating Services, a family-owned and operated heating business serving the Lower Mainland since 1960. Online at JoyceHeating.com.
the Toddcast podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast podcast. And you see it everywhere online. Chirp, chirp, go the trolls. Poking and pushing buttons. No one and nothing is safe. Greta Van Fleet, several number one songs, a Grammy win for Best Rock Album in 2019. They release a new album this Friday, April 16th. It's called The Battle at Garden's Gate. More like Greta Van Ripoff. Am I right? Uh, Zeppelin just called and they'd like their shtick back. This band is brutal. The most blatant example of outright stealing another band's sound. Coming to theaters as of this weekend, get over here, Mortal Kombat. And I think at this point, we know what to expect from a Mortal Kombat movie. This movie will suck harder than the captain who blocked up the Suez Canal. Really? Is this movie necessary? Does anyone actually give a shit about Mortal Kombat anymore? Just watch the trailer. Oof. Do not recommend. And the World Snooker Championships is coming up on April 17th. It runs through May 3rd. You know, back in the day, I used to be not too bad at the old billiards. But this is snooker. You know, it's the ones that are played on those massive tables. No offense, but anyone who'd watch this has no life. Watch snooker on TV? Yeah, no thanks. I'd rather put a campfire out with my face. New drinking game. Every time they miss a shot, drink. And pray they mess up a lot. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery. Your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca.
That band is Sleep Circle and a new song for the podcast, a new song for them called Renegade. It's off their Renegade EP, but maybe three, four weeks back now they released that. That's a podcast favorite. Jake Tuzel singing alongside of them. If you're listening going like, why do I recognize? It's Jake. We love Jake. They did a live stream about maybe three weeks back as well at Rain City Recorders. It was fantastic. Really well done. City Zero Films did the visual stuff. Just a killer job all around. So kudos to everybody involved with that. And you heard Good Is Gone, and that was their song called Tall in the Saddle, and that's just one of the new projects that Matt Wood is currently working on. You'll best know Matt from his time as the drummer-singer of Pride Tiger. Super talented dude, really good guy. We talked to them about playing a show for the podcast at the railway, but this is just prior to COVID stalling the entertainment industry since last March. So I would imagine that once things get kind of turned around and assuming we get shows happening once again, downtown Vancouver, you'll you'll likely get the chance to see Matt's new band again. Good is gone. And you know, that they will absolutely bring it live. Uh, speaking of live music, find those pandemic distanced and live stream shows with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Slowly but surely, things are starting to turn around again. The scene is coming to life. And uh, if you're playing a show, maybe you're going to check out one, let us know about it. We'll post it at the website. Brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, 40 plus years experience in the music industry. You can find out more about them through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 244 is 95.7 Cruise FM Edmonton morning host Lachlan Cross. It's this week's entertainment guest brought to you by Tomes. Let them help relieve stress and anxiety, ensure a good night's sleep. The first seven nights are 100% free at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. Lachlan and I originally met back in way back, like almost 25 years ago, 1997, when I made my way to Prince George to do the evening show at CIRX, the Max FM 94. This is my second job in radio. And at the time, Locke was the midday guy and the music director for the station. He's a really good guy. We got along, especially considering that we're, we're both music geeks. And he and his wife, Deb, would invite me over to their place for dinner and for barbecues. And they had a couple little girls at the time. Uh, I think they were like two and four, maybe at the most kind of thing. Uh, of course, now they're grown women. Um, so we worked together for almost four years or at least in the same building anyway, because, uh, you know, about maybe a, a year into doing the, the rock station, I moved over and started to do the afternoons at a country station, but still in the same building. Locke, meanwhile, continued to do the music and, and on air for the Max. And when I moved to Vancouver to work at Fox, I don't think it was very long before Locke started working at the Bear in Edmonton, which is a fantastic rock station in their own right, in their own regard. Lachlan's now been doing mornings at Cruise FM in Edmonton for years. He's a perennial ratings winner, a great radio show, definitely worth jumping on, you know, jump on their site and tune in and, and check out Locke's work. Does a great job. The full talk is now posted at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's 10 minutes with 95.7 Cruise FM Edmonton morning host, Lachlan Cross. The Toddcast Podcast. Like, I, I don't know how much I got out of school. If anything, I feel like school set me back because I, <laughs> I honestly do. I, yeah. I had this idea that I needed to go to school and, and, and I needed to go to BCIT. 
when they wouldn't take me, I went to the Columbia uh, Broadcast Academy of Broadcast Arts, right. which was a nightmare. Yeah. And then when I got out of that, I was listening to my tape that we made to get a job. And I'm like, I'm fucking awful. Like at the time I was working in radio too. So I was hearing guys, I was listening to like Andy Frost and overnights. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not even anywhere near that. I got to go back to BCIT. So I went back to BCIT. They put me on a wait list and it's, a, it's an interesting story uh, about the connection that I have. Cause I know a couple of people that were supposed to go that year and ended up backing out for different reasons, but I ended up getting a call and I was in, in 92 graduated okay. in 94 and i remember not feeling comfortable not hearing my voice and what i wanted to do until 97 sitting in front of hartley miller filling in for doug elliott on mornings on 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 the max i remember just clicking something clicked i heard it mm. hartley i interrupted hartley miller's sports cast because he was clearly a Habs fan. And I needed to let him know about that. Right. right. It was right. so obvious to me that he was just gushing about the Habs in BC. And I'm like, and I, w I wasn't going to let him. Go. And, and I turned off the voice and this idea of this, this radio personality that I was turned it off. And I heard my voice in my headphones and I went, hold, hold on. I don't need to be that radio guy. I can be this guy. Right. Yeah. And then like, I don't feel like I started radio until 97 and I was already two and a half years into it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, and as performers now, we know that that's what you need to do. Yeah. But, but also it's the hardest thing to tell somebody, Oh, just, just be yourself. <laughs> like, okay, is. great. Like, first off, you got to know who you are and then you have to that's factor in all of, of these like little nuances of like, what do you want people to know of Lachlan Cross? Like yeah. you need to peel back those layers and let everybody know that sometimes you're a jackass or sometimes you're sentimental. Sometimes you're funny. Sometimes like, and you need to know that everything that you say shapes the way that people think of you. It's scary. Yeah. Like you put your it life is. out, on, you, you put your life out there for people to ridicule and mock in some cases. Yeah. Get thick, thick skin from radio. Yeah, you for sure do. That's it. You, you, you hit on something there that I think is really important. And, and I mean, you gotta, you gotta know who you are. You really do. And, and I, I don't know if you're any good in this business until you figure that out. And then it's an, it's a lifelong project, right? Oh yeah, dude. If I you're mean, not self-aware. Dude, when I got let go, you know, I'd been at Fox for 15 years and I think that I've still had like, you know, I wasn't even hitting my stride. Yeah. Like talk about how's that really the 12 year afternoon guy had hadn't even hit his stride. Yeah. What the fuck. How's that? I believe it though. And, and I'm mean, not saying, yeah. And I'm not saying that just to say it to ooh the who of it all. Like I literally didn't feel like I was as good as I could have been in radio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true though. Yeah. It's yeah, a, totally it's an interesting business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the music in the crosshouse like as a kid growing up? Um, I was raised by a hippie. <laughs> so there was a lot of Leonard Cohen and Cat Stevens and Carly Simon and Don McLean. And yeah, I still actually get angry when I hear Leonard Cohen. <laughs> so it was, uh, like how did right that guy, the, 
was it always have a like career a, was it always a big part of uh of your life then or was it just kind of in the background like what was it like growing up as a kid um i i gravitated to music on my own when i was about 10 or 11 um i i uh, i started getting big time into music mm. but i was sort of forging my own path and trying to f- and finding bands on my own and i didn't like i had decided at an early age that i didn't like what was happening in the 80s i'm 50 right yeah so in 19 i'm 12 in 1982 so at that point that was when much music and mtv sort of well, it might have been a little bit too early for much music i can't remember exactly when much music took off but yeah prob- it, it definitely been like maybe like a friday night's videos or like a good good rocking tonight kind of thing <laughs> good rocking tonight holy shit <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i did not like all of that new wave or any of the the sort of the pop or the radio hits at that time so i gravitated towards uh acdc led zeppelin pink floyd black sabbath and Mm -hmm. then i sort of lived there for a long long time i didn't like the hair i didn't like those kids that listened to that used to beat the shit out of me so i was not a huge fan of that stuff like the twisted sister i i was like what the this is just ridiculous i have an appreciation for it now but i did not enjoy that music at all At, at the time yeah and then grunge hit in the early nineties, it was actually, I went to Lollapalooza in 92 cause I was in Vancouver. So I went to Thunderbird stadium Okay. and three o'clock in the it. afternoon, Eddie Vedder walks out and, and does like a 40 minute set Pearl jam. And then Soundgarden comes on after that. And I was, I, I was, I went hard into that. Yeah. Then as like far as I'm ministry, concerned, chili peppers, like what a fucking, what yeah. an app, like still to this day, my favorite, I was at that show, my favorite show. Well, Lent. And I, we missed, did you miss all the second stage shit? Well, no, because I had a buddy at the time who was really, he worked at a place called A&B Sound. Oh, yeah. Record store up in uh, Northern BC. Yeah. So he kind of, he kind of knew that whole underground vibe kind of thing. So we would like, you know, maybe we catch like only 35 minutes of the 45 minute set of Ice Cube. But then we, then we blast up to catch whoever, Babes in Toyland or like fucking Tool played on the side stage. Tool, I don't think Rage did that that year. No, they missed it because it was the next year. They were supposed to be Alice say, in Chains, Rage, and all that. There was something about Rage not performing on '92, but they were. But then they had a main stage slot in '93. Right. So, and Tool to this day still one of my favorite bands, and I missed them at Lollapalooza Dude, on the second bro, stage. That Lollapalooza, I've literally got a pick. I mean, probably five or six pictures where I could grab Maynard. There was nobody in front of them, that, apparently. Like, literally, that's how close I was. That's literally how close, certainly for a few pictures anyway, but like... So what time was that? That must have been... That would have been like two? Crossover between, like, yeah. Crossover yeah. between whatever. But it was one of those, like, my buddy Kyle was like, dude, we can't miss this band Tool. They're fucking awesome. So we yeah. just, between, maybe it was Jesus and Mary Chain or something. It was one of those Jesus bands... Jesus and Mary that, Chain started off the main stage down below. Yeah, where I was, I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure I know those guys very well or whatever. But yeah, man, we bounced back. And he back was a mess. And, yeah. He oh, was totally. a fucking mess on stage. Yeah. I don't know if he was playing it up, but he was falling all over the place. And Yeah. yeah I think so, I did, I think I did but, like three or four years in a row at, at, at T-Bird for, for Lala. Yeah, and then they stopped touring for some reason back in like 97 or something, didn't they? 
Well, I think it just probably became a bit of a logistical nightmare to get all those bands together, crossing the borders and shit. Because now it's just like a, a, a well, it's a, what it's in Chicago. Chicago. It's, just a, it's like a, just a day or a weekend destination, basically. Now, Perry was Farrell was talking about the fact that they might do it again this year, but I don't know if yeah, that's a possibility. I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think that anything this year is just not unrealistic, but it's like certainly. Yeah. I still haven't seen Rage, which is one of my favorite bands, and I got tickets for the show in Edmonton, and it was canceled because of COVID. So we're sitting, like I'm bending a pair of tickets in my wallet now for like months, waiting to see when that gets rescheduled. Oh, a lot well. of people got their money back, but I'm like, if they're rebooking this, I'm fucking keeping my seats. Yeah, so. I would keep your seats, dude. Yeah, I saw, I saw, do you remember the Plaza, downtown Vancouver? It was like yeah. an open, open arena kind of thing. I saw Ben Harper there. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a couple of bands there. Great show. Oh. I saw great venue uh, rage. I can't remember who was, uh, op who opened up, but I uh, went with my little cousin and I got my cousin up and uh, up in the mosh pit at, <laughs> at this one point at this one point, And he accidentally booted this kid right in the face <laughs> and like knocked a couple, two, three teeth out of this kid. And there's blood spilling everywhere. Like, Holy fuck. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. dude. Holy crap. And he just was like, all smiles. That's ah, all cool, man. It's all good. Like, Jesus, I know what yeah. to expect being up here. Yeah, man. Rage is awesome. Yeah. I um I think the funny thing about where we're at with radio now is is um and maybe I've been doing mornings too long so I've lost the appreciation How long for, have you been doing it for now? I left the bear to do mornings so 2015. Okay, 5 6 years. Six so years. 5 6 years. But yep. now uh, I mean now I'm way more hyper focused on 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 the um I don't worry so much about flow as, as I worry about content, what yeah. we're doing, how to keep people engaged. I mean, that's way more of a concern to me now because I've, it took me a lot of years to realize this because you get into this business. And my first thought was I was going to get into programming because I had two kids and I was hyper aware of the fact that radio on air, that career, you were not going to make a lot of money at it. Or you were going to, or very gonna few take a long time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so I was, you know, I was looking at the possibility of making $35,000 a year for, for 15, 20 years, or do I make 60 and I can afford a car? Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at Tomes.com. That's T A U M M H O M S.com.
something unique from Emily Malloy. A new song for her, a new song for the podcast as well, Wide Awake. And you can find that one, one of four songs on an EP that Emily recorded at the Warehouse, Brian Adams Studio in Gastown here in Vancouver. Last year she did that. was on her Facebook page earlier today and she was saying that you can expect a music video for that song, Wide Awake, in the coming months. Really looking forward to next week, actor Chris Calhoun is a guest. I have an agent. Um, I have a voice agent, commercial agent, a theatrical agent, um, a print agent. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, All these people and a manager. Um, And they're just not sitting on their duffs. Like if, if you don't work, they don't get paid either. Um, And I've had, I've had some success here. Uh, Actually, I, years ago, I auditioned for something through the channels and I was back in Vancouver shooting it. It was a movie of the week. (laughs) Mm. so that's I had pretty to, cool i had to come down here to get the job back there which is right normal for like a lot what? of actors yeah what's it, the it's, it's not that's vancouver's a, a great place there's so many good actors but and i have friends who do really well um 
And I don't want to sound, it's not going to sound bitter. Like anybody who's wanted to do it, like you can go down the list. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, Michael J. Fox, Lauren Green, Old School, William Shatner, Jim mm. Carrey. Like you can go down the list. Yeah, all the SNL staff. Like, Yeah, you've had to leave Canada yeah. to be accepted in Canada, if that makes sense, it's, it's as weird, a right? actor. Y- yeah. But then there's other actors like they do great, like Ian Tracy, uh, Venus Terzo. Who, whom I know, I both know, and like they do great work and they're happy and they do really well in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, ultimately it doesn't really matter where you are. If you're loving, you know, what you're doing and, and enjoying the craft and you can feel that you're moving forward, like that's ultimately what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a really good conversation with Chris Calhoun. Can't wait for you to hear the whole thing next week. Joining Chris is clutch singer Neil Fallon and a unified light heavyweight world championship boxer named Josh Taylor. It is a big week. Hopefully you can be there for that. Of course, I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. Blacklist Royals drummer Rob Rufus. Dude, thank you so much for taking some time and jumping on looking forward to grabbing some drinks some eats the next time you and the boys are in vancouver bellator mma fighter denise kilholtz uh, what to say but thank you so much for being so cool what a mess having to interview you back to back uh but you were absolutely amazing both times so thank you for understanding i'm big fan looking forward to seeing you get that flyweight title outright at bellator and cruise fm morning host lock cross dude Got nothing but love for you, man. You and your wife were so good to me when, you know, my time in Prince George. And I'm just so happy we've uh, kept in touch over the years and appreciate you taking some time to come on and rant about radio with me. And I think that's going to do it for this one. Episode 244. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the very end. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends as well. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're trying to build the YouTube page as well, which you can find all the videos, all the interviews, full lengths, all the performances we do uh, through our YouTube page. We're also on the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto at deanblundell.com. You can find all those videos as well at Dean's page. Comment and rate the podcast. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you know you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's cheap. There's contact info at the homepage. And keep in mind, help us find a sponsor and you'll get a commission based on the ad buy. If you know a business that makes sense, send them our way. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.